0: Are we doing this really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Oh, what the fuck? Number and it's also eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this live WTF at the Steve Allen Theater, Los Feliz. Thank you for coming out. It's great to see you, people. I am Mark Maron. This is my show. Today is my I'm I'm 12 years sober today. And uh, I'm not gonna rest on my laurels. Um, I'm still gonna panic every day about that. Because it's weird, even at 12 years sober, you know, there's those moments where you're like, oh, wouldn't that be good, anything that's bad? How about some of that? But I had an interesting thing happen, and I don't think I've shared it, and I'm gonna share it with you now. I, you know, I judge, I'm a judger. Uh, I don't like when people say, don't judge, because my first thought is, fuck you, don't take away my hobbies. Um, what would a day without judgment be like? I can't even imagine that, just sitting there and being like, oh, this is horrible. Oh, look at that fucking nope. <laughs> oh, dude, really with the, I can't, it'd be horrible. So I was uh, cranky and tired and I was walking towards an elevator in Montreal uh, at the hotel and there was a guy in front of me that was just, I, have you ever gotten angry at someone's shorts? I mean, I don't know why it happened. There was, really, there was nothing distinctive about the shorts that should make anyone angry, but I was walking behind this guy, just looking at him, thinking like, what, really, those fucking shorts? Those aren't okay in any world, and I wore stupid shorts. I had a, a problem at, uh, where was that, in Brooklyn. I did two shows at the Bell House. Some drunk guy came up to me and said, you're funny, but really, cargo shorts? I don't even know what that meant. But whatever experience he had was similar to the experience I was having, and these weren't cargo shorts, they were something different. And he had a dumb T-shirt on, and I was I was literally getting angry at this guy as I was walking towards the elevator like fuck you and your pants it was, it was just horrible <laughs> but here's what happens I get on the elevator and the dude turns around and he's got a scar that runs from the center of his forehead all the way around the top of his head yeah and, and my first thought was like oh uh, you can wear them <laughs> like, like whatever I don't even know what happened but you've earned the right to wear those shorts anytime you want to. And I guess the NPR ending of that story would be Aren't we all scarred? <laughs> I was just in, where was I? I was in uh, Chicago. Actually happened, actually happened. I woke up uh, like at eight in the morning, I called the front desk of the hotel, nobody answered the phone. And the first thought that came into my head was Oh, fuck zombies. <laughs> Like, I had a moment where I'm like, I'm the only one left looking out the window, figuring out how to spend the rest of my day fighting zombies. But I, I think they were just busy. I, um, I, I, interesting thing happened. Interesting thing happened, and I'm going to share it with you. Somebody came up to me in Chicago, and he had written... He gave me his graduate thesis paper on me. Now... But this is the weird thing. Like, I always aspired to be a guy who could write a paper like this. Like, there was nothing more than... Like, I tried to read all those books that would enable me to do this. So I had to take this and go, thank you. I'm very excited to read it. And I'll just, I'll, just to give you a taste of where I'm at with this, I'll read you the title of this. Giving an account of the medium, colon, agency, opacity, and identity in Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast. <laughs> How many people are lost? I'm lost. I haven't even started this 12, this 22-page paper on me, and I can't even understand where he's going with it. So I figured maybe this will explain it in this, the abstract. I did not even know what an abstract is, but apparently it's something you have to write in front of a paper. I didn't make it to this level of college. But I figure... Surely this will clear it up for me. Abstract, colon. The rapid proliferation of online content in recent years has been produced in an era of what Zygmunt Bauman has has described as, quote, liquid modernity, unquote. In this era, identities are fluid, unstable, and always fragmented. I'm like, that's me, that's me. (laughs) In this essay, I argue for a medium-centered understanding of this age with specific attention given to Judith Butler's notion of agency as describing in giving an account of oneself. Through an analysis of the unvarnished accounts produced on stand-up comedian Mark Maron's popular WTF podcast, I explain how one medium, the podcast, can produce a sense of agency and Identic stability in an age marked by self-opacity. Keywords, colon, agency, liquidity, opacity, (laughs) medium theory, Judith Butler. (laughs) Fuck, man, I'm exhausted. How can I not understand a paper written about me? A lot of footnotes, a lot of research went into this, and then I figured maybe I I made, I I tried to glean something from it, but I'll just read the, the conclusion. This is great. This is great. I'm gonna put this first. This first sentence is gonna go in my press kit. If nothing else, WTF points to the dangers of dystopian notions of postmodernism that, according to Doug Kellner and Stephen Best, 1997 quote, failed to theorize important counter tendencies, contradictions, and forms of resistance. Unquote. And that's on page 262 of whatever the fuck he's talking about. A postmodern medium based paradigm of the agentic artist should instead do as Kellner and Best suggest and quote, see the universe and human agency as active, dynamic, spontaneous, and creative. God damn it. Let me turn my phone off. I wonder if he's, how he's going to explain that when he listens to this show. That was modernity chiming in. <laughs> A little shout-out to modernity here on the podcast. (laughs) If you're listening, Vince, dig that, man. A fucking modernic imposition on the matter at hand. How's that fuck with the agency of the situation? (laughs) Life is not mere matter in motion, but a self-organizing, self-regulating, communicating in the broadest sense. Cybernetic force. Life involves not only an exchange of matter and energy, but also an exchange of information. These dialogues confirm an astute attention to the dangers of indifference, the suffocating presence of unresolved neuroticism. Now, I think that's a fucking hit at me. I I think that... (laughs) Do you think he just took a shot at me? Unresolved neuroticism. Are we supposed to resolve it? Um, And the interpersonal tumult that festers when left unattended. Hey, fuck you, man. (laughs) I am attending. (laughs) WTF provides a forum through which the liquid agent finds their anchor points. Thank God. I I mean, I am so happy that's happening. (laughs) Leading to exchanges of information that cool the nerves and calm the anxieties of those making their living on the fringe. Whew, I'm just glad that I'm doing that. (laughs) Now, now this sort of summed up exactly what he said. This is an email that just says, thank you. Uh, and it says, for being a person of integrity who obliterates the bullshit of contrived human narrative. You're awesome. See, why couldn't he have just written that? <laughs> I think that's exactly what he was trying to say. C- contrived human narrative. Where's that in the agency discussion of modernity? I, um, okay, quick emails, then we're going to move it on. Danny McBride, subject line, book that shit, because where the fuck did that come from, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Where the fuck did that guy come from? Dream time, WTF. Hey, Mark, I don't know if you give uh, much interpretive weight to dreams, but I recently had an amusing, yet slightly disturbing one that I'm taking as a sign I maybe need to slow down on my WTF intake. In the dream, I'm in the middle of what appears to be a medieval war zone. Chaos is going on everywhere around me, but my attention turns acutely towards a small group of people who are off to the side using a catapult to to launch large flaming objects up a hill. To my surprise, you were the one leading this outfit. (laughs) And quite effectively, I might add. As each projectile seemed to connect directly with its intended targets, bursting whoever they were into blinding silhouettes of fire. After every hit, you'd let out this bellowing cry that was pitched at such a range, it sounded like a deranged laughter. I'm not sure whether you're on the good side or the bad side of this conflict. All I can say is that you seem to be really enjoying it. And though it kind of freaked the fuck out of me because I've listened to your podcast so often, I was able to just sort of shrug it off and say to myself in the dream, oh, that's just Mark being Mark. Anywho, thought I'd share. Love the work you're doing. Best regards, Jacob. I'm not going to read the one about the Robert Fripp guitar camp. Did you just fall asleep in the middle of me saying that? Some guy wants me to go to Robert Fripp guitar camp. I couldn't imagine a more tedious, horrendously pompous, elitist bit of business. I went to the guitar circle of Europe for beginners. Lots of contact with Robert Fripp. I had contact with him once and he was an asshole. He was on an airplane. Kim. But I, I'm over it. It was a long time ago. You know, I, you know, I, I said, hey, you're Robert Fripp, because I used to listen to the Brian Eno records and the David Bowie records, and he's a great guitar player. And he was like, you know, he just dismissed me. Yeah. And then on the way out, out of the airplane, he asked me to get his jacket and apologized. How is that not fucked up? All right. Like, we're buddies now? All right. The, uh... Here we go. The total cost, including room and board, is about 750 euro. They might have one in Boston in March, but it would be better to go abroad. In my humble opinion, you should go. It's like a cult. How is that a selling point? <laughs> for instance, volunteers wash the dishes. And before you can go, you're required to stand in a circle for two minutes of silence. I made a joke about this, but they all, they take, they all take everything very seriously. I found an inspiration... Inspirational, even though I never felt like one of them. There was also a lot of meditation, silence, Alexander technique, and Tai Chi. <sighs> the food is vegetarian, and your waist comes out all liquid. What am I supposed to do at the end of that? Oh, shit, that last part sold me. I'm on my way to diarrhea camp with Robert Fripp. Not only do you have to be quiet and listen to Robert Fripp, you you could fight the urge to shit your pants all day. How does that not sound like a good time? Who wouldn't want to be part of that cult? Incessant noodling and the possibility of explosive diarrhea. A fucking band, motherfucker. That's the subject line. Wow. Okay, here's the deal. I'm 25 and I'm a drummer and I've got nothing to fucking do. (laughs) Fuck the podcast, let's make a band. A fucking kick-ass rock band. Okay, don't fuck the podcast, it's really great. But on the side, we could be pulling in some serious cash. (laughs) Maybe this guy ought to go to Robert Fripp guitar camp. (laughs) Since you're sober, that means more drugs, booze, and pussy for me. You can eat cupcakes in the next room. (laughs) But fear not, there can be no virtue without temptation. (laughs) Big fan, love your style of comedy, and I love to fucking rock. Plus, I feel like you can introduce me to some of your older women friends that want to corrupt a young man with good sex and a cold attitude. (laughs) I think that's fucking hot. I can sleep on your couch. <laughs> or failing that, a tent in the yard. After the money starts coming in, <laughs> I'll buy my own place. And you can visit and uncomfortably glance at the Coke and whiskey on the coffee table. Remember, virtue. Love, Alex. Alex. It's my pleasure right now to bring up our first guest, and I'm very happy you're here because uh, I love this man. We are kindred spirits in the world of uh, comedy. We've both been marginalized presences (laughs) for many years, but uh, one of the funniest men alive. Please welcome Andy Kindler to the stage. Hello. Here. Where are you going? Here. No. (laughs) No.
1: I thought of that bit before it came out. It'd be hilarious to be down there. You're already doing it. <laughs> hey, this reminds me of the McCarthy hearing. Oh. All right. Too dated? Was that dated? No, no people too soo- got it. Too, too soon. soon. Sorry. Too soon. A lot of anti-commie people.
0: The yeah, yeah, no kidding. How are you, Andy? I'm very, very good. Yeah, you look well.
1: Well, that's a lie.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> we were in Montreal together. I'm ambulatory. Nice. I think that's good. I've been using
1: that word. We both have kind of clammy hair, but it's good. It's
0: it feels good. good. It's sweaty Jews. This was
1: our year. This is our people. I usually do the. Sta- I don't know why I'm playing the crowd. No, but, but hey, um, because
0: they're right here and you can't help yourself.
1: Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> work the crowd. Did you hear me knock over the music stand? No, back did there? you? That was a nice moment, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't get it on camera. <laughs> I recorded it myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we start, can I do my uh, twenty-second intro to your show, the memorize? All right. Here's my twenty-second intro that covers the intro to the show in the first minute. at uh, the gate, boom, bam, ba ba da ba. Are we doing this? Bam, ba ba, pow. Sabato pate, and it's also what the car. Hello, what the Maka biggies, maka smokies, schmicky biggies. All right, I'm tired of that bit. All right, we got a great show today. It's brought to you by cuckoo 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 porn Come on, do it. <laughs> All right, I have a thing on my head, but it went away. Very nervous about it. And uh, oh, I can't stop eating with the food. All right, and now let's bring the guest out. Bing bang ba ba da boom. Bing.
0: I listen to every show twice, twice. Do you want to go to Robert Fripp guitar camp? <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't mind
1: going to a guitar camp.
0: Wait, yeah, Wait, did
1: you say... I thought it was Robert Cray on the plane. No, Who no, was on, the, no, play, on no, the plane?
0: Robert Fripp from King Crimson and from, oh. the, from the Bowie albums and from his work uh, with uh, Brian Eno, uh, ambient music number one through 907. I missed all that. The last kind of... Really? Earlier, like, let me recapture for
1: you. Yeah. It's Brian. It's more like Brian Eno though. Isn't yeah, it? but that was grip
0: yeah. in the background. You didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed all of that. I, the, once it was the Moody Blues. I went. I'm not going that route. I couldn't go that route, and people would get mad at me. The, I had a lot of Rush fans uh, angry at me about the Tom Sharpling live episode because I condescended to Rush. Because look, I not, I don't have anything against that. They seem like very skilled people. Right. They went, have 18 snares. But I I never. <laughs> Right. But never do I hear myself I don't put on a Kim Crimson record and go, Oh, fuck yeah. yeah you know no. You kinda go like Is this math? You yeah, know yeah, I, no, not for us. Not for us. This is, we like, reject this is what math sounds like. We don't condescend to it, we reject it. Yes. Fuck that. If you listen to it, there's something wrong with you, get some help. Yeah. No, now they're now going to get emails defending. Look, Robert Prip is apparently a genius, and his fingers move fast. But it, it, that, I, I need more than that. Well, you see, when I started, I, I'm a guitar player. A lot of people don't know that. Well, let's I, talk about really at least nothing. Wait, let's uh, talk about the the, yeah. the humble roots of Andy Kinler. What was the dream, Andy? I
1: grew up in a small farm in Alabama, <laughs> yeah. where my pappy would make uh, ginseng. I don't know what I'm saying. I think it was Queens. <laughs> I wanted to be the Beatles when I was a kid. The, all of them? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. John's married. <laughs> uh, that's how old I am. I remember the Beatles first time around. Hard Day's Night. Do you? Yeah, I remember it. I was four, 15, 20, 30, yeah. four. <laughs> so I really want... I used to take a tennis racket and I would play. Sure, yeah. And then uh, I'm not on anything, and yet I feel pumped up yeah, right now. It's,
0: I'm giving it to you. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, going back and forth. Yeah.
1: And then I wanted to be a musician. so that, yeah. well, I was a classical violinist as a kid. This is
0: all very No, no, it's great, because I don't think people know this about you. Now, yeah. of course, the, the logical question is, did you ever think about using the violin in your act? <laughs> well, it was. It,
1: it, it was one, of my, my, one of my first bits was based on a true story of my mom saying, this is my, my mom going, Adzie, you play the violin. Your cousin Michael's going to college. What would be a good instrument for him? Would you recommend the clarinet? <laughs> And my mom would actually ask me to play violin. For three weeks in fourth grade, I took violin. I was like, I am a virtuoso. I am the greatest. And, I, and then I hated it. And because I transferred feelings of my parents to my violin teacher, yeah. it took me another eight years to quit. <laughs> I did not want to disappoint her. She became my mother figure and then I was always the best in the schools I was in because I was the only one who took private lessons <laughs> yeah but when I went up against anybody who could play violin I sounded horrible what, my dad would say what are you killing a cat <laughs> there that was his <laughs> that was his statement yeah. now
0: wait did, were there violin competitions Were you actually put up against <laughs> other violinists from other, other schools
1: no because it was all public schools I went through the public schools and so it was all I, so I, I was like concert master in my high school really but, but it doesn't matter because but, I was again the only one who had taken violin uh, what, what, was, what was your favorite jam oh I like. I like the nice Vivaldi uh, double violin concerto in <laughs> yeah. E minor. I didn't ma- mind Handel. I can't mm-hmm. think of
0: two other names. Could, did you play any uh, 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 Mahler? Did you get any sort of uh, no. anti-Semitic Jew stuff out I was, of your yeah.
1: Wagner? Yeah, yeah. sure. You I played... was attracted to him because of the anti-Semitism,
0: <laughs> even as a Jew.
1: I like, <laughs> you know what? That makes me more interested. <laughs> yeah. And then the guitar came, and you said, "This is good." I love that. Then yeah. the guitar, and I wanted to be Bob Dylan. and I played guitar, and I uh, was in ba- I was in bands, but they always had. The worst names I, it was in that. Like
0: hey. I was a Grateful Dead type band. Sure, yeah. We we once spent a, an, an evening in a car uh, on some road gig, listening to the Grateful Dead for like an hour. and I'm not embarrassed to say that I love. I love. The I'm, not dead. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not. I think I'm a little embarrassed that we enjoyed ourselves so much.
1: I was dead. a dead head
0: You were? Well, not like you know. No, I'm not like, like going band- around and like, like, and like uh, waving and. Uh... But you you were like? Did you wear a bandana at times? Mostly the drug part. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let me ask you a question. When you went to a dead show, you were on what drugs? Mushrooms, well, perhaps? my
1: character, the comedian
0: you're yeah, talking about? Mariah. Yes, he was on mushrooms <laughs> and
1: things like that. I, w- I went in the time... I'm not kidding. Well, sometimes I am kidding. But uh, I would go to these places, and I remember we went to English Town, New Jersey, and, and I get off the, th- uh, the car, and the guy goes... T- he has a hand. He opens up his hand. This eight. He goes, take three. They're weak. <laughs> and I didn't even know what they were. All I knew was two wouldn't be enough. That's the kind of thing I used to do. And then we do whippets on the way home. <laughs> it was fantastic.
2: Whippets, did you figure they don't out, know from it. Did
0: you figure
1: out what they did? No, I, don't, I think they were bogus.
0: <laughs> I once uh, picked up a hitchhiker going to a, a dead show, and he was an evil hippie. Oh, that's really? the worst! I saw this dude do this, and it, and I didn't know what to do about it. He sat there, you know. He, we he glommed onto me and my brother. He borrowed sixty dollars. He stayed in our hotel room, and before the show, and he wore a bandana, and he was kind of like, you know, I love the dead, but I'm also Satan, you know. And um, but he sat there ripping the end, ripping match like a, He took a book of matches, right, paper matches, and he started ripping pieces off. And he's and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, these, this is acid. I'm gonna sell these for six dollars a tab.
1: Oh, just completely
0: there nothing. Were, there were matches. So it was worse and th- not as bad as the brown But matches. what was I supposed to do in that juncture? He ruined everything, and I wanted nothing to do with him because now somehow or another I was responsible for this evil asshole selling people fake acid. It was probably better for the people, you know, ultimately. That they didn't go have a bad trip. Yeah, but I I wish I had hung around to see if anyone got off on the matches because that happens.
1: But, you, you know, a lot of it wasn't so bad. I mean, the Grateful Dead kind of had a good vibe to them, but then there was always that whole,
3: there was always the like circus. a circus.
1: There's like a devil scene in uh, all of rock and roll. Dude, when there's a
0: 50-year-old man who hasn't lived in a house (laughs) for
1: 30 years.
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And,
0: you know, he's got this weird thousand-yard stare that, you know, like he just, (laughs) like that weird hippie, evil fucking... Why are you talking about Phil Lesh this way? That's (laughs) ridiculous. Ridiculous. No, it's like those, those guys you see at the top of the hate who took Jim to Morrison's advice in the 60s and broke on through to the other side. And right, right, didn't, yeah. didn't make note of the door back, and they just sort of drain you of your life essence without yeah. you knowing it. Yeah, there's a lot of those. They didn't know it was a song.
1: It's a song. It was one of his songs. He also was the lizard king. Did you change into a lizard at some
0: point? But I'm, So you ended up doing comedy, and we're all grateful for that. <laughs> Do you still play every Well, well day? one time, uh, the, my worst experience was I was
1: in and was I always had these horrible uh, names of bands, and so uh, they were just the worst names. We went to like a band what? once called Transfusion, which we <laughs> went, which we thought was. We're going beyond fusion. Yeah. But we couldn't play fusion. So what are we talking about? It's complete nonsense. But people thought we were a heavy metal band. So they, we were at this, this is the worst experience. I was at a club, and when they kept saying, turn it up, yeah. and then they hated us, and then uh, the club owner, uh, and I was trying to joke with the crowd, and the yeah. club owner passed up a note that said, cut the chatter. <laughs> And
0: that's where you knew The Chatter was where you wanted to be Well
1: I didn't know Stand up would happen I just knew music Wasn't right then
0: Can I just tell you That I was in a band For about three weeks In high school We knew about four songs And I had business cards Printed up Because <laughs> all the bands All the but Wait well, you know What the name of the band was What is that Change <laughs> It's because it works On so many different levels Yeah Change, Change.
1: in
4: your pocket Change
1: <laughs> I was in a band called Chit 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 ch ch changes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't put that all on a business card.
1: I was in a band called Merging Traffic. Like, I didn't know there was a band named Traffic. No, you were not. Don't say Jesus. It's a. It's wor- it is worse than that. Where yield, yield. I mean, yeah. it was like
0: that kind of a thing.
1: <laughs> what was I thinking? I could not come up with a band.
0: I was in a band briefly. I think it was really the same band. We were just, you know, we liked... I had a guitar strap made at a leather place that said the Midnight Ramblers on it. <laughs>
1: Is that, like, from the Alma Brothers? Or no, the, it's like from the, the Rolling Stones, the but the, the guy
0: who thought of the name Change said, that sounds like a country band, and I'm still in Change. If you want to be in the Midnight Rambles, you can be in the Midnight Rambles. So we were kind of two bands. I was in my own band, and the other guy, there were only three of us. We didn't have a bass player. It doesn't fucking matter. We have business cards.
1: Well, that's, but that's the thing. I mean, when, before you know what you want to do, I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that if I did music again, if yeah. things don't work out, yeah. uh, like, they're working out great. No, uh, I wouldn't go, i go inside out. That was the problem. It was like you'd spend four months coming up with the you know, yeah, the clothing the name, and yeah. the name. The and clothing. Was, What'd you wear? Not really the okay. clothing.
0: <laughs> did you wear spandex? Yeah, we, we
1: a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> I was a terrible time period. It was right when the, I got into the talking heads, but it was right before them. And, yeah. Uh, but yet I wasn't playing music that cutting edge. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> so I was playing Fleetwood Mackey type stuff. <laughs> did you have a Jewish mullet? I never did. I, avo- I avoided that. But I did have. I had hippie hair
0: yeah? at one point. Like Big Jufro?
1: No, <laughs> look at my hair, Mark. Do By I what? look like I have a juke fro? Do, do people say things like, "Ah, oh, Kenler. <laughs> Kenler's here. Yeah. Well, I wasn't like a stoner guy. I wasn't like Fast Times. <laughs> I know you. You worked at Old American Burger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wasn't you? That was not me. Did you have a good time in Montreal? I really did. Okay. You know,
1: uh, I always get nervous for that. I get so nervous because I do the speech where I talk about what's wrong with the industry, yeah. and, then I, uh, and then a couple of months before the speech, I, uh, I just go through, I have things that I look at, And should I go after this person, should I go after that person? Then this rage that comes out. Do you
0: think you could repeat a joke from the speech for me? You think? Uh, I mean like I'd like to hear the if you could, I'd love to hear the B J Novak joke again.
1: Oh, okay. I was giving out State of the Industry Awards because it was based on the Comedy Central Awards, which they just decided to have an award show. And they was like, (laughs) Best Comedy Channel, Comedy Central. How'd that happen? (laughs) So I had the I came up with the State of the Industry Awards and one and the first award was the Perseverance Award. And that goes to B.J. Novak because he was unemployed for the entire plane ride out from Boston after he graduated from Harvard. The entire plane flight for seven hours. He didn't know what was going on. No Wi-Fi back then. He was in limbo. And then uh, the magician of the year, Mike Verbiglia. I don't know what he's doing, but it works. (laughs) Can't see the wires.
0: (laughs) Andy Kinler, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and you can you know you can chime in if you'd like. I'll be I'll be very polite. This next gentleman's very funny. He uh, he opens uh, for Louis CK on occasion. Uh, he also writes for Parks and Recreation. He also wrote for the Sarah Silverman program. And uh, I thought he was kind of a dick at first, but I like him a lot now. Please welcome Harris Whittles What a dick. Oh, you were right. Your first impression was right. Thanks
4: for having me. Um, did that? Did that make you uncomfortable? Like when I say that, because I real. Uh... Well, I'm, I'm wondering at what point you thought I was dick, and then when it, it changed. I think it was
0: because I didn't know who you were, and you were funny. Right. And, and there, uh, thank you. There's the rumor. Yeah, that You, yeah. you, you hate. You hate yeah. Young. You hate no. Young oh, you heard a rumor that room. I hate young yeah, comics.
4: Oh, he, he's, You're gonna go on the show. He hates you. Really? Yeah.
0: I don't think it's hate. I think what I experience is...
4: Um, <laughs> so, what Did are you laughing at, Have you ever had there? a
0: good... Have you ever snap him one story in all
1: of the podcasts where he said, initially, I thought you loved me, Mark. Has <laughs> that ever happened?
4: Where <laughs> you eventually go, I like this guy. But can I say that I, th- I thought that... So um, I tried to get on your... I wasn't trying to get on your... Crazy, I wrote you an email yeah. like a year ago. Oh, God. Okay, where's this going? But No, it was... Because I, I, I listened to the podcast, yeah. and... And I was going through uh, like a breakup. Mm. And then you said something, uh, like some piece of advice on a podcast. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that, w- that, that actually makes sense. It was a yeah. thing about being like just yeah. a guy on a couch. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the guy on the couch
0: thing. So, what
1: was
4: that? What's the advice? It was basically, you I can't don't even, I can't, I can't recount That's exactly what
0: it is. <laughs> okay. It, it's, a, it's a story that was uh, passed on to me from a guy. You know, it, it was a, a friend of mine. He okay. called up his friend. He goes, I'm fucking losing my mind. Everything's shitty. My life sucks. It's all going down the toilet. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. It's all fucking horrible. And the guy on the phone says, Where are you? And, and his friend said, I'm on my couch. He goes, you're just a guy on a
2: couch.
4: <laughs> that made so much sense to me at the time. And so I, I wrote you this email, and I go, man, uh, I, that guy on the couch thing is really working for me when I'm not, when I'm not taking Vicodin and texting her yeah. that she's a whore. And then, and then your, your response was, hey, man, at least you're trying. And I said, like, all right. So I helped. Yeah, you did. Oh, good, man. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I didn't
0: think you were a dick. I just get used to saying that. And I got nothing against young comics. I love people that are funny, and you're fucking funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very I wouldn't have much. people on my show I didn't think were funny. I did, you know, I'm just I'm becoming a prickly old guy, but you seem to be doing a good job. How the hell did you get the writing jobs?
4: Uh, that that started I came out here uh from from Boston. Did yeah. you go to college? I, I did at Emerson. Oh, Emerson. Oh, and now now I'm going to start with the right, faces. I know. There no. You go. no, but Emerson's so, uh, like a Emerson—it's oh, kind of a school. Couldn't get
2: into it Harvard. A yeah.
4: No, but Emerson it's the was a Harvard court. of Emerson. David Cross. <laughs> <laughs> David
0: Cross went there. Eddie Pearl went there. Went there. He had a short he Everyone
4: had shorts then. Everyone had, had D- There. Dennis
0: but... Weary went there. Yeah. Uh, who else? I Leno. Think Leno or Kai Winkler. Linger. Winkler. Henry? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. One. Is that what made you go? <laughs> yeah. You were like the like, fucking yeah. Fonz. Are you yeah. shitting me? Where do I sign up? So, do you th- sign up for college? Is
1: that how it? At Emerson,
4: you just sign up. There's a sheet in the Boston Common. <laughs> so, what'd you take there? Funny 101? Uh, mushrooms. <laughs> um, no, I uh, <laughs> I took TV TV production. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna learn how to make uh, TVs. Did it help in a factory? Um, well, that didn't but, work out. So, Woo! And I was just doing stand up, and then. I came out here and then I happened to be doing Largo on the same night as Sarah and she saw me do stand up and she's like, You want to come smoke? And then we did that. <laughs> and then, oh, um, that's how you get the writing, job. Right, basically. And uh, and then I didn't think anything of it. And then three months later, she wrote me an email and she's like, Hey, you want to submit for my show? Oh, that's great, man. And uh, yeah, and so then I did and then I got it. And you're doing stand up a lot. And well, not at par, it's hard when you're uh, at parks for me to, to, to do stand-up. You can't really go on, you know, it's like a nine-to-nine nine But, how, but now,
0: how does that work for you? Because I've never put myself out there in any way, you know, and I say this to comics, too, and I'm, you know, I'm honest about it. Like, if you're uh, a young comic, don't, you know, put all your eggs in the basket I put it in. It was touch-and-go there, dude. We fucking <laughs> barely made it out. And, but, but the truth is, is, like, there's a good career in writing. But but how there how is
4: m- but you your stand up does suffer well, like I mean how, how I, you're m- not getting on stage every night it's hard to get on stage and like uh, uh, write new shit and so every time I go on stage it's like I'm doing old jokes and I feel fucking fraudulent about it it's yeah. not so when you do stand up but you there's just like it's fear based and it's not fun now but mm.
0: uh, Yeah, fear based stand up.
4: Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah.
1: are yeah. your front runner for next year's perseverance award. What was it 4 <laughs> months? You're out of your 4 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great, yeah.
0: but you still, but but Louis
1: like Mr. You.
4: Struggle. <laughs> I was a nanny. I was a nanny for a whole year. A nanny? A nanny? What for are you my, talking about? money? He was in was the, year, the show, the job. nanny. <laughs> I was. I was a writer for the nanny. Um, when you were ten? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. That's that was my job. I, I on Craigslist. I applied for just like whatever I could get. So don't I do you stand need... up? And that's. Uh, Wait a minute. You just you just said I'm a nanny on Craigslist. It was this weird French family, and uh, I was sure in the email to say. My girlfriend's a nanny, so I'm good with kids, so they knew I had a girlfriend. I wasn't like a creepy. Did guy. you I have a girlfriend? Wanted... I did, but oh, she okay. wasn't a nanny. <laughs> But I, ha- I wanted to get the job, and then they gave it to so me. So that's all you need. There was no references. You, you, I had you... to go in for an interview. Uh, what I did know is that the family, like, it, it was in the process of breaking, and the dad and the, they got divorced like very soon. They were looking for like a weird father figure for these two French kids. Yeah, and uh, and so that I, like kind in a weird way. So, so they so figured, kinda... why not an insecure Jewish comic? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kel, Kel right. Domage, right? Kel <laughs> domage. So I imparted all of my Jewish wisdom on them. Cat allergies. <laughs>
0: How long? And they just let you watch these kids? Yeah. But for... did the mother
4: lean on you like that bastard? You know, was it she? <laughs> there were. She, yeah, she would kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. I was also like his assistant at his business. And holy and he, shit, and he, you were uh, like Cato Kalin It was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, affair, affair, affair with a mother. He would say these really fucked up things. I, I, I didn't like that guy at all. Like what he, did he say? Like he had this weird. So he would like do mortgage stuff, and then he'd also sell black diamonds. <laughs> and um, and I and then he would he would have me cold call people about diamonds, and he would. Well, that's wa- that's a standard nanny thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, it all seemed normal at the time. You're 22, and it's like this is what working is. <laughs> and then, as you're mixing up meth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one time that he was like, uh, you know, uh, when sometimes a black man was going to answer your phone. Yeah, and be very uh, aware of how he is speaking. Uh, there's a well-spoken, and there's a not-well-spoken, <laughs> and do not waste time. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, I have to get, this is, you're the worst person. This is an illegal diamond outfit, and you're racist, and you're not good for your t- children. And, uh, oh, and so boy. I, I quickly, uh, yeah, that was, luckily the Sarah thing came along, I got to leave that, like, weird fucked up. Oh, my
0: God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. No anti-Semitism, though.
4: No, I'm sure, deep t- I don't think he knew I was Jewish, actually. Oh. Now I, th- I don't know if I exude it. I might exude it. I don't know. I, well, I
0: wasn't sure. Nothing
4: right. indicates. It's kind of like on the...
2: Former,
0: <laughs> he was a former member of the Vichy government. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too soon, I think.
2: <laughs> Too soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't... know. D- Andy, did you know Harris was Jewish? I, you know, I did not know him, but he's so handsome. I didn't yeah. think he was. <laughs>
1: No, you're handsome too. You are. You make me. You both of you make me feel
4: horrible. No, you're. <laughs> I have a. Gu- I have a gut. I've, I'm constantly just sucking. What do you say? Like, look time. at me and say you have a gut. What does that
0: mean? <laughs> I think you're very. Uh, I'm a, trying, a, trying very,
4: to tell you that I'm not that. A, I don't. What,
1: you're.
0: I don't you're cute. Happening. You're cute, Andy. You're oh, a very cute. Mark, man. There's
1: really no reason for you to say that.
0: Yeah. But no, your face hasn't <laughs> aged in 20 years. I know. I have had a lot of work done. <laughs> Actual <laughs> spackle. <laughs> All right. So wait. Now, but Louis takes you out. I know Louis. How's that experience for you? Uh,
4: that was all, I, the, the first time that I went out with him. I got a call that night uh, from. We have the same manager. He was I performing. the manager
0: once. Well, okay, well we're not going to talk about it.
4: <clears throat> <laughs> but no, there's no,
0: there's no. I got nothing but good feelings now. I'm, I'm, I'm over everything. I'm over the Holocaust, the divorce. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm overthinking. There's any justice in the world, and. And, and I'm done with resenting anything. It's all right now, is what's happening. Tomorrow, I'm getting my nose operated on. Go ahead.
4: You can stay upset about the Holocaust. that's, yeah, that's true. It's right. not one of those things that you need. I don't need to get, get closure over that. on. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, finally I got closure <laughs> on the Holocaust. <laughs> um. People do what they do. You got to accept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't can't change anybody. <laughs> you have to change. They don't have to yeah, change. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so Louis calls you and goes, uh, no, he, uh, is this Harris?
4: He hit the, the guy called me and, um, and he was like, Yeah, there's a he's playing this weird place in San Luis Obispo. Is that a place? Yeah, San
0: Luis Obispo, yeah. Yeah, it was this weird roadhouse. I opened and then... for uh, Keith Robinson there in 1989. Thank you. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs> was
1: that when he Same
4: was place. had the fade? Yes. See, I listen to every episode. Okay. <laughs> And uh, and then I, I went and I met Louis beforehand. I was very nervous. I was a fan of Louis, and yeah. this place seemed kind of rough. It was just like this weird. There's a lot of locals, and it was a roadside theater, and, and um
2: a roadside I, theater. You I seen don't, that like what where are I don't carnage? know what that
4: means. I don't know what a road. It was like it felt like, um, like a place comedy, and like roadhouse or something. Oh, you know, okay. like, it was oh. just, like it seemed like yeah, 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 like that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, but I did fine. And then afterwards, Louis uh, was basically like, "Don't use your fucking notebook." Like he told me not to use. I had a notebook out there, yeah. I, and which I learned that night to not use a notebook. Right. I didn't know that until right. then. He, did he uh, hit your hand? Bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and but I took it as the truth, and then I, I got rid of it because it was coming from Louie. and I was like, yeah, I guess I shouldn't use a notebook. And then he wrote this thing on a special thing. You know that? Yeah, a special thing. Yeah. And he yeah. wrote this thing, w- which was very weird, and it was flattering. It was also, but he he just basically critiqued my perform. It was. I didn't know why he did it, but he mm-hmm. he got on a special thing and he goes, "I'd like to just review Harris Whittles
0: now." This he did this is, on a blog. On a AST blog. is like a, it's a big uh, comedy nerd blog. Yeah, and and how'd that go?
4: And uh, he just went. He was like, "I first saw Harris. He had gla- I thought he was just a little nerd, and that this audience was gonna eat him alive." And, uh, and so he was just talking and I was like oh man so that's what he thought of me and, uh, and then but he did okay I think he's going to be a strong comic once he stops talking about uh, weed and jerking off and uh, but that was my life experience that's still my life experience <laughs> I don't know when that's going to change or if that'll change still like it's the same subject matter just different jokes so I feel like I am kind of letting him down in a way <laughs> But I just have to, right? Way you know, and that's. Well,
0: but no, I mean, I think that if you. I was just... at a fish
4: concert last night, and I. I... Oh my god. Yeah, I mean. Really. So, yeah, so I'm groggy. See, or... I,
0: me and Andy are yeah. dead guys. That's I what I was just hearing. Yeah, that. with the fish, so thing, yeah, the fish thing, I don't understand the fishing. Well, I think what you got to do is maybe uh, what Louis is saying is lose the weed jokes and expand the jerking off jokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't be afraid to talk right. about jerking off. Right. Just put it into different situations right. and use it to tag your jokes with. Tie
1: it
4: into bestiality. That yeah, kind whatever of you want. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and, and whenever you're in a pinch, just jerk off.
4: <laughs> on stage?
0: Just where well, you can act like it. Oh, you know, right, Anytime right, right. you do that motion right. anywhere in the right. air, here, that'll over here, a, back here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anytime you make the jerk-off motion, pow. Right. Out of context, it's great. Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? What's going on with my hand? <laughs> They'll know what's happening. This has been a great Who, interview with you. <Yeah>. Harris Whittles, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. I'm very excited and nervous about the next guest. She was uh, on SNL. She's hilarious. You all know her. I cannot even go through all her credits. Please welcome Molly Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Look it. Oh. You brought your purse? You didn't want to leave it back there with Neil Hamburger? <laughs> I could see why you would bring your purse. Just looking at him makes me uncomfortable. If I had a purse, I wouldn't leave it back there. How are you? You look lovely. Thank you, Mark.
2: Thank I'm so happy to be
5: here. Very, I'm really excited to be on your show. It's very
0: exciting that you're here, because I think you're fucking hilarious.
5: Oh, thank you. But you know what's
0: interesting? It's like, you're fucking hilarious, but you can also like do real acting.
5: Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, I actually... Yeah, I, I've never done stand-up or anything, but, yeah. but uh yeah, it was more an, I went to drama school. I you was did? just a regular actress. Yeah, so I kind of got into comedy just by accident. I was a very serious dramatic actress. Really?
0: Yes. And and <laughs> did, was the funny thing a surprise? Were you in the middle of something dramatic and you did something hilarious and you were like, Fuck this. It I'm- was
5: it was like regular drama school and it was always like doing sense memory and all this stuff, like recalling your grandmother's death and very <laughs> serious. And then they had um uh, a comedy show that they were having auditions for. Yeah. And uh, so I just auditioned for that, and, and uh, they had us do this little exercise where you could just um, come through the door and introduce yourself and make up a character. And yeah. I was like, I like this. You didn't have to think about previous <laughs> memories, and it just felt really natural to me.
0: So it, the whole crying thing on purpose, can you do that?
5: Can I do that? Like, um, can, uh, you mean right now?
0: <laughs> can, we, can we work towards that? That's never happened before. <laughs> That'd be a first on WTF.
5: Can you make yourself cry?
0: If you, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I it's always I bet you could. it's always just right here. It's in, just between my heart and my throat. There's there's tears waiting to happen. Aww. they usually happen inappropriately, uh, like in the middle of a speech at Montreal. That was bad. And <laughs> <laughs> I just gave a speech for the industry, and I got choked up. And it was Aww. one of the most powerful moments of my life because I was like, two things could happen here. You could continue crying. Or you could finish a speech. Aww. I opted for finishing the speech because I don't know if it would have gone over as well if I just continued crying. Aww. Why are we talking about this? I, um, no, I, I cry at commercials, and I cry a lot when I watch Chopped. Uh, when I watch... <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever watch Chopped? No, what it's is it? It's on that? the Food Network. It's spectacular. They take these chefs, and they don't, they're, they're at different levels of chefdom, Yeah. and they bring four <laughs> of them out, and they give them baskets, and they have to create a full meal, one basket at a time, but the basket always has things in it like, you know, duck liver, uh, cottage cheese, a head, and an apple. <laughs> so, you know, so when they do it, and they pull it off, and they get really emotional because they just made the, that work, I, I, ch- I choke up.
2: Aww. <laughs>
0: What, Andy? It's real. It,
1: it's a, it was a moving uh, rendition of it.
0: <laughs> so, but Molly, like, I love talking about. I don't want to go too far back, but I love talking about sure. Warren Michaels because I'm just waiting for somebody to tell me something, you know, slightly odd about him.
2: Hmm.
5: I know I've listened to you in the interviews you'd like to ask about him. I want, so, I want
0: to interview him so bad. You did Be- Yeah, because... Great. I. great. He's,
5: he's actually a g- great interview.
0: I'm sure he'd love to yeah, talk. he's very serious. I just need closure, man.
5: Okay, so what do you need closure about? So, so just tell me the, the... Why do you need closure? Well, why'd he hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> but what do you care now? <laughs> Look at I don't, you. You're doing so great. I just want
2: to you... hear
0: that from him.
5: Okay. <laughs> He you gets that it, from a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. He has like a, a father. You know. I think a lot of people need him that way. But for me, he's, he's
0: like the father that left me and abandoned me after saying that he 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 brought me into a room and says, "Oh, it might be your father," <sighs> but no, and that was it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mark. It's okay. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> but was he a good father to you?
5: He was a good father, um, yes, he was. I didn't need him that way, because I, I felt like I, I saw so many people who would just be like, you know, perform, and then they'd be like, what does he think, is, is going to say something to me, and I need that, and I didn't, I didn't, I felt like, Ugh, I didn't want to need that from him. Like, I wanted to be my own judge and decide if I did a good job and not need that from him. So, I think he liked that. So, we had, we had a good relationship.
0: Well, did, uh, wh- well, what about on set? Did he fuck with your head? No. Never. No. Are you sure? Let
5: me just see here. Mm, Honestly, he's very... I found him to be very fair. He would always put on what was funny. Um, sometimes he would be... He would give notes like, Molly, we don't need your wig to be the co-star in the sketch. You know, he'd say <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> you know, or... Yeah, he, but it was more it, funny. I, I don't know. I, I, I really had a great relationship with him. Is it
0: possible that uh, almost every cast member of SNL has some sort of Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> around this figure? <laughs> He cut, he cut that sketch. He's not going to sketch. <laughs> that means that uh, the, you know, the, uh, the hostage starts to identify. Oh, I know him. all about it. <laughs> I like to call it's it marriage.
5: Oh. <laughs> Without the, the we pers- both change
0: roles. I, I play hostage and then I put that on her. But uh, they don't usually choose. I decide who's hostage and who's the, uh, the person holding the hostage. I can go either way. How long <laughs> really. have you been married?
5: Um I've been married for <laughs> <laughs> um since 2004. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you, and you have children? To
5: a great husband. I have two kids. Oh, I have a little
2: yes. <laughs> and he's a
5: big fan of your show. Oh, I like he's him. A, he's an artist. He's a painter. Oh, I love painters. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that
0: that takes a lot of perseverance. I know. It, now <laughs>
5: <laughs> I don't mean yeah. is, he,
0: is he is he great? He is very talented what, what else are and, you gonna say? and yeah,
5: yeah no. He's he's very very talented and he uh, he's funny and he's he's a really good father and yeah. But painting, like I
0: mean, that's like I'm so impressed with people that can paint. I know because like there's so like he's been a painter for how long? Uh,
5: Just uh, he he's been doing it all his life. He started when he was really well. Well, he used to draw when he was little, and then I think he got into painting and maybe. High school, but probably a little bit before that too. But Does then went to art school. Big canvases. Yeah, big canvases. Really, yeah, a lot of color. All do, yes, lots and, of color.
0: And and you look he at just, them and you say, "Holy shit, it's finished."
5: Well, it's interesting because it's just—it's so different. Yeah, I think it's so different than showbiz, where it's so collaborative. Where there's so many people. It's just him, and and that's it. It's over when it's done. It's it's all him, and you know, God, so it's very amazing. different that way. Yeah.
0: So, so he paints at the house, like he's got a studio. He has a
5: studio, and we used to live in New York, so he did shows there. He showed at Bellwether, and he and now he's doing shows here, and he curates shows, and. Oh, he that's uh, like the real
0: world of yeah, art.
5: Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a whole different world and I didn't know that much about it before I met him. So it's it's a fun world to be in and learn about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You went to Catholic school for real?
5: I did, yeah, for 8 years.
0: Did that fuck you up bad?
5: Um, well, it was very, let me see. I uh my fa- I was raised by my dad for yeah. the time I was really little. Yeah. My, we were in a really bad car accident when I was really little. I was four and my dad was driving and my mom was killed and my little sister who was three and my cousin. Mm. So it was very hard on my dad. He had to recover, He he was very badly injured so we went to live with my aunt. So it was very complicated. It mm. was a lot of sadness from a very young age. Yeah. But then also my dad was like a real survivor. He he was uh, he he drank when we were a little but then he got into recovery. Oh good. Um, I think it was that generation of you know, he was very Catholic but repressed in a lot of ways, so there was some sadness with that but 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 he was also really charismatic and fun and yeah. would do anything and he was real wild so it and and, and really Like what? Oh God <laughs> That was like such crazy. a great
0: build up like we're, we're oh, gonna go on the God. roller coaster with no seatbelts Like
5: we, we would do crazy stuff like we would go to the airport and we'd be like let's take a you know a mystery trip and we would have no you know no suitcases or anything and really? it was when they had those those airlines where you could pay right on the airplane do you remember Yeah, yeah you didn't have to People's uh, Express You didn't have to even
1: uh, fly under your name in the old days Yeah yeah, yeah. Any, anybody's name. So you could yeah, just, was
5: completely. So we would go to the airport, pick a city, and uh, just fly to the city, and then borrow clothes when we got there, or buy <laughs> clothes, like crazy stuff. And I call, and my dad would call in sick for me to school, like very expensive. Sounds crazy. like a
0: great father. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he, fuck school. We're going on an airplane. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he had depression and I think he would also could be really he'd go up and down
0: sure so I, he, I, that's exciting
5: so I think he had fun
0: <laughs> I have one of those it's very exciting yeah, like, yeah. For, like you literally went to cities and you just not you didn't have clothes so you'd buy clothes yeah
5: i borrow a bathing suit from the woman that worked behind the counter <laughs> and you know like crazy
2: crazy stuff
5: like that and then I hopped a plane when I was 12 we told my dad me and my friend and we're like we're gonna hop a plane to New York and he was like uh, he dared us yeah so we how went to how old were you we were like 12? Oh good, that's so we, good. We, we, we <laughs> We went to the airport, and we had ballet outfits on, and we put our hair in buns, <laughs> and we wanted to look really innocent. And this was, again, when flying was really easy, you didn't need your ticket to sure. get through. And apparently, and, you didn't
0: need an adult either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, And we
5: told my dad, and we were just like, we saw there were two flights. We were either going to go to San Francisco or New York, and we thought, oh, let's go to the New York. It's leaving early. So we went. We said to the stewardess, we just want to say goodbye to my sister. Can we go on the plane? And she was like, sure. And then she led us on, and it was a really empty flight because it was out of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And we sat back there, and then all of a sudden, you just hear like. The plane takes off. <laughs> we were like. What? And we had like little ballet outfits and buns. And I was like, Hail Mary full of grace, Lord, is with thee blessed the Lord's with the Business. Now I'm like showing the her life when she's told my mother God, got Paperson is now the of hour. The <laughs> um, and then the the stewardess that had given us permission to to go say goodbye to, bye to my sister came by to ask if, if we wanted snacks or beverages and she was like can I get you ladies something to eat she looked like she was like oh <laughs> motherfucker you know so she uh, so we we wondered if we were going to get in trouble but she ended up not telling anyone and then when we landed in New York City she was like bye ladies
2: <laughs> have a nice trip
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just like I'm. It's a, it's such an exciting story, but the irresponsibility of all the adults in this story <laughs> is somehow undermining my appreciation of it. You were twelve year old girls in fucking ballet outfits, and everybody's sort of like, "Have a good time." <laughs> what it world was, was that?
5: It was a crazy world. What did you do in
0: New York? And now you can gonna say we got drunk and we went to a.
5: <laughs> well, again, because I had a crazy childhood, we called my dad. We were like, "We did it!" And he was like, "Oh, Dad, Molly, oh." Jeez, well, try to... So basically, he couldn't (laughs) Try to what? He didn't know what to do. He said, try to see if you could stay... Go find a hotel that you could stay in. Oh, my God. Me and Mary, my sister, will come meet you. We'll drive there. So basically, we were like, all right, we'll try to find a hotel. But he was kind of excited because he liked crazy stuff. But basically, we didn't have that much. We just had our ballet bags and a little bit of cash. So we went to a diner, and we dined in Dash, and we stole things. We were like little con artists.
0: Wait, did you actually make it to the city?
5: We made it to the city. We just asked people. I was like, how do you get to Rockefeller Center? Because I just seen TV. And you're still in your ballet outfit. Ballet yeah, but yeah,
0: Really? yeah. No, nobody dancing. said, are you girls lost? Nothing like that?
5: No, nothing. nothing. They went into no. a
0: bar and they got, drunk <laughs> up, ladies. Yeah, yeah.
5: So we did try to go to hotels and, and my dad would call and ask, could they just stay there till we get there? And none of the hotels wanted to be responsible.
0: Oh my God. So
5: he it's was like, up. he was like, all right, you got to come home. And he was like, but I'm not paying for it. So try to hop on one on the way back. <laughs> So we so we tried to hop on many planes, but it was the flights were all so crowded. Right. So we ended up having to have him pay for it and he made us pay for him, pay, pay it all back with our babysitting money. Oh, so end. that was the big punishment? <laughs> yeah, that was, there was no punishment. Well, no,
0: I know. Yeah. I mean, clearly, was there any sort of like, oh, you survived, I was just testing you. He
5: loved that kind of stuff. Like I said, he was wild. He used to, in his drinking days, he would, you know, go to bars and if somebody didn't let him in, he'd be like, damn it, you know, he'd go, go into the bar and knock all the glasses down. He was like a kind of guy who could maybe get arrested. Like, it was crazy. I
0: love the, 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 the sort of uh, the strange nostalgic excitement you have for for, the, for this borderline child abuse. <laughs>
5: Complicated.
0: He... <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're going to say that? Yeah, there's just one story that's complicated. Not the, but... but he
5: was also a very loving parent. I think it's, yeah. it's complicated. You no, know, he it, was yeah. also really supportive and kind of made me feel like I could do anything and, and uh, so, in that way, it felt really free and wild. But then, but then, in other ways, I had to learn the rules of like how regular people live. And from you other, know, people, yeah, I'm from other people, it. yeah. From other people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like professionals,
2: <laughs> like people
5: you pay. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. I have them in my life. Uh, not so A much man right or now. a woman? I talked to Richard Lewis for an hour and a half, and I think that covered me for about three years. <laughs> Like I just bond I I talk to comedians. That's what I do. That's oh, how I get and help. They really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it it works pretty well. I mean, you know, I still, I, 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 I'm about to talk about myself again. Oh, no,
5: I love hearing about your childhood. My
0: my parents would leave me at home to get away. They wouldn't be like, you know, you well, they'd send me to camp and stuff. That and it took me a long time to realize that was just to get us out of the house, you know. Did you go to camp? Um
5: mm. You didn't have to. You just I went, went wherever the Catholic fuck you wanted to. I went to Catholic. Just once, yeah. We, I could do. Whatever.
0: What is the Catholic thing, man? Does it does it propel you to be bad? Uh, like when you're Catholic, it seems like it, does it make you want to be dirty and filthy?
5: That's a good question.
2: We're all Jews was, here. I thought it was.
5: I thought it was really weird having to be a girl and go to. T- we we would have to go tell our sins to a priest to confession, oh, yeah. and. Uh, And I remember, and then we had to do face-to-face confessions, and I I just thought that was so weird. So I would go in and say, like, you know, I masturbated, but I thought, I didn't really feel bad about it. But then I kept going back to the same one, I was like... Father, forgive me for sin. I'm masturbating again. Again? And it was just
2: kind like of like the same uh, day. Like I
5: thought this is so, <laughs> maybe, but I thought I thought this is. You so just s- like go
0: into the back of the church <laughs> and do it and come back. And I'm
5: like I'm back.
0: <laughs> I did it right over there. How does that make you feel, Father?
5: Father. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in that way, it does make you want to be bad, because I was like, I, I like the whole thing of having to go tell this man that I masturbated. and I, I didn't think it was really bad, but I like having to go confess it, and hear what he would say. What did he say? He was like, oh, that's very bad. You know, <laughs> can't do that. You've got to say five our fathers. <laughs> I've married and don't do that anymore. You <laughs> know, <I'm> just like <laughs> crazy. And then when you came back was
0: he like, here we go again.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No but no bad priests? I'm sorry, I just, it's just mm, out there in the world.
5: Yeah, I know. No. Okay. I, I Nothing that I knew about in our school. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah.
0: Well, I, it's a pleasure talking to you. Oh, Mark. Will you hang I, out though? Because I'm going to bring Neil of out. Course. He'll, he'll hang out. Molly Shannon, ladies Yay! and gentlemen.
2: Yay!
0: That was one of the greatest <laughs> stories ever told. Oh. Uh, next up is a uh, is a veteran uh, comedian. Yeah, move the purse because I don't know what the hell we're aiming for. Let me move some other stuff here. What's spilled? I think Neil will be okay. I you know I recently heard that he had some trouble up in Canada, and uh, you know he is uh, he's a veteran and a legend. Uh, please welcome the stage, uh, Neil Hamburger. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got, you got enough. You got enough water. Or, yeah. Is that the wrong entrance? Yeah, I don't know even where how the hell you found that entrance. Yeah.
6: entrance Hi, or, friends. Hi,
0: you know Mr. hamburger. How you doing, Andy? Yeah, okay. Everyone, everyone knows each other. I uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. I've been uh, watching your work for a few years. And uh, I guess the first thing we should cover is, uh, do do you ever think about getting that cough fixed?
6: There's nothing wrong with a cough. This is a good cough. I was uh, using this cough for a cartoon series. They needed a good cough. Why do I want to get that fixed? And I'm out of work. You do cough voiceover work? I did some today for Disney. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is very sick. And the guy that that does his voice can't get a good cough. They called me in. I'll never get this fixed. (laughs) That's good, man. So what what the hell happened up
0: in Canada? I I heard... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is a a true
6: thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had some good shows up there. I don't want to disparage the Canadians. These are some of my favorite people, really. Yeah. But it just takes one bad egg, you yeah. know? One bad penny. But do you, do you, you remember... do have pennies up there.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you remember what happened? I mean, what was uh, your... Yeah,
6: a girl came up on stage, yeah. a sicky. I
0: sickie. like to call them, a yeah. sickie.
6: Uh-huh. And uh, I guess she was upset at something I had said to her as uh-huh. she walked out of the building during my show, interrupting one of my punchlines. lines. Uh-huh. So, you know, you do say things to people on their way out the door. What did you say? Well, it's not something you can say on a family radio show like this.
0: But this is not a family
6: radio show, I think. Well, this is not something I'd say normally. Well, what was it? But you have to realize this person was heckling and being a garbage mouth and being horrible and stiffed the bar for $85 worth of drinks. Okay. And as she left the building, this was a sold-out house. This was a packed nightclub. When she got out the door... I said under my breath into the microphone, you little whore. Oh. And she heard this, I don't it, know how. It, was the... it wasn't even intended for her, it was intended for the audience so to make them laugh and forget their problems, right, you right. know, something, sure, something sure. fun to brighten right. up the room. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so she laughed. She's gone for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm telling a joke, and this was a very funny joke. I don't remember what it was. And I feel uh, a punch in the face. And I turn around; she's on the stage, she's just swinging and hitting. Then she grabs one of my glasses and smashes it over my head. Jesus! Yeah, that's—I mean, that's not what we signed up for in no, this business. No, not
0: at all. And now, uh, did uh, did you did you continue the show or did you did you work
6: with it? How did somebody tackled her? <laughs> it wasn't me. I would not do that. That's yeah. not the type of thing I would do. This sure. is a class act. Yeah, and. Uh, Somebody tackled her, and she was removed. And uh, then I picked my drinks up off the floor and went right back into the next oh, joke. I mean, that's that. how you do it. Look I mean, at that's, that. That's look. what this is about, right? Yeah. And that's what happened. They applauded. It was the best applause of the night. So I that bet just it goes to show what you need to do to get people to like you. <laughs> it needs to be some sort of victim, and it's too bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's one reading of it, and I, I certainly appreciate it. Now, you do... I, I know that was a that was a big house, right? Where you were playing, it was Vancouver. It was outdoors. That was it was Calgary. Cal, I, I was. I was actually there the weekend you were there. That's how I heard about it. Yeah, you I were playing a comedy competing. Club. Right? No, <laughs> I was. You were doing a big festival. I was doing a club in a hotel. I, I was
6: doing a rock and roll festival. You uh, know, with the, those sort of
0: people. Sure. Oh yeah, I understand and that. You
6: were playing to the the folks that like to laugh. These well, you, people are just full of hate. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you do, uh, like, what's the biggest room you ever played?
6: I wouldn't say it was a room; it was a stadium. It was the Olympic Stadium in Sydney, Australia. Really? It, yeah. Was it
0: just you, or?
6: Uh, yeah, it was just me. No, it wasn't just me. <laughs> Who? Did four nights there, headline. No, it was a big one of these uh, one of these horrible rock and roll shows. You know, you had all these horrible uh, the Foo Fighters. Has anyone heard this music? Oh, my God. You don't God. like the food fires? Oh, my God. It was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. And um, What kind
0: of music do you like?
6: Well, you know, I like uh, the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. I like the Jimmy Dorsey Orchestra. <laughs> I like Bow Wow Wow is one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, they have some good songs, guys. Come yeah. on. Didn't they do a cover
0: of uh, I Want Candy? Wasn't that they the did, best? but
6: that wasn't their best work. That was just the hit, you know.
0: Oh, <laughs> They did more than that one.
6: Oh yeah, <laughs> they have a whole series of songs about uh, illegal home taping and how, it's, <laughs> what you should do. Yeah, that, they had several songs on the topic. So you're at the Sydney Opera, it was a stadium. The Olympics, they built it for the 2000 Olympics. Oh, so I it's mean, huge. it's big. Oh yeah. It's so a... now, do you do well? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a disaster. I mean, there are people throwing shoes and coins and rocks and I mean it was awful. Does this happen to you everywhere you go? No it's just the bigger shows you know. (laughs) Well what now what's the transition to a small room like? Well we did a show uh, in Tasmania which uh, I don't know if you folks know this it's not that far from Sydney Uh and uh, at a little pizza parlor Ah. about two weeks later I think we had eight people there is that and, what uh, you, so, you But that's, that's actually harder. Mm. Because when you have 60,000, 70,000 people, yeah. you're just looking out at a sea of pigs. <laughs> you know? You hate them, and they hate you. <laughs> but when it's eight people, you're looking into their faces. You're seeing their eyes. Everything you do wrong, you can feel their response to it. It's very painful. <laughs> what is the perfect performance situation for you? One where you get uh, paid more than, uh, you know, a couple of peaches and, and ten bucks. <laughs> Anything like that is perfect. Do <laughs> you, you know like Kajagugu? Kaja
0: yeah. you like Kajagugu? I mean,
6: I've seen their name on shirts and things. What, <laughs> <laughs> Zeppelin? Anything? No. no. Okay. I mean, that's, that's not for me.
0: Now, when you started doing stand-up,
6: what... When was that? I'd have to check with uh, my manager about that. I don't know.
0: Uh huh. And and who were your? Input? They would have
6: that okay. written down somewhere. Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, who were? No, I'm doing it. <clears throat> Feels good, but it's not. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I've been telling people. Who Who were your influences? I mean, you know, what made you?
6: Well, it's pretty obvious: uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, mm-hmm. Laurel and Hardy, the sure. Rich Brothers, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, all the all the old time legends mm-hmm. that defined our generation. Now, what about TV work, Neil? I mean, is that Something that you want or something that you do get occasionally. I yeah. mean, it's better than pizza parlor work. Sure. I can
0: tell you that much. Well, but what would be the perfect vehicle for you? And I mean, not
6: uh, uh, we're doing uh, a bowling show, trying to sell a bowling show, you know, to get kids interested in bowling again, <laughs> something of that nature. Sure, sure. Uh, I had a game show, we did a game show with yeah. Tim and Eric. Oh, okay, did a whole pilot for this thing, and uh-huh. I'll tell you what, it was not well regarded by the. Uh, <laughs> By the folks that paid to have it made. Disaster. (laughs) What went wrong? I don't know. I thought we had everything there. I mean, we had balls and we had lights and I had a muscle woman as my sidekick. And uh, it was really something. But uh, the folks at Adult Swim said, oh, don't don't ever mention this again. They didn't give us another chance to re-edit it, you know, to cut out the the slow parts or the fast parts or whatever it is they, they're all souped up on god knows what I don't know if they wanted more flashy lights or what they wanted but they just said this is dead don't talk about it to us ever again
0: do you, do you still talk to Tim and Eric? oh yeah all the time I know those guys yeah I, they don't want to come on the show oh really? yeah I don't know what that's about
7: well,
6: you, you know you gotta get some uh, better snacks backstage <laughs> yeah. yeah no you've got a problem with that that's terrible I mean, you go down to... Even at the 99 cent only, you can get some good things, you know? I didn't... I didn't. Okay. Well, it makes all the difference, folks. So snacks is where it's at? I think so. So if you get
0: to a club or you get to a show and they don't have the proper snacks, you're fucking... That's it.
6: No, it's more like if they do have the proper snacks, I'm very happy. But right. I don't expect them. Uh-huh. And They weren't here. No, I know they weren't here. <laughs> I put some beer back there. Yeah, that's not a snack. <laughs> It is to some people. Well, those people have problems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Noah, you're going to be working with Tim and Eric? Anything in the future? Anything we can talk
6: about that you want to? I hope so. We did a big tour last year. That Uh was a hell of a time. Yeah. uh, I think they're interesting. Sometimes Tim and I play trivia. We have a little trivia team answering questions that type of thing
0: yeah i, I like tim and eric because like uh, i don't want to just leave a, an interesting hanging because oh, i don't the like best. that word but uh, yeah they they do like they they fuck with me on like a deeper level than i even understand
6: do you find Which that's is, happening well i just enjoy their company and they're <laughs> very very nice people so very have a warm and, and generous and, and very very funny you'll always laugh uh, when you're in their hands
0: Andy, what's on your mind?
1: Well, um, maybe you could shop that show somewhere else. It sound, the, the game show. Have you you want to I... shop
6: it for me? You got? Well, something? yeah.
1: I'm. Well, yeah. I
6: think you... because uh, no one liked. it. I mean, we yeah. liked it. A couple people liked it, but not the people that counted. What
0: was the idea of the game show? What did you win? And what was how did it was it played?
6: <clears> he <throat> won a trip to uh, I think it was Elko, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were yeah, you too slick? Were you too slick? Was that? Did you get that kind of note? Too slick, too clean. No, no, they didn't like the lighting. They didn't like the lighting. <laughs> I don't know why that wouldn't go with a trip to Elko. We had some good lighting people involved. That's, you know, that's, that's a red herring when <laughs> someone says they don't like the lighting. That's a Trojan horse. Yeah. Because the lighting was good. Better right. than in this room, I'll tell you. This is a good thing this is a podcast. Yeah. Because you can't see anything. I yeah. nearly broke my goddamn neck going up the stairs. Well, we'll have somebody walk you out. No, thank you. <laughs> Neil Hamburger, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> Molly Shannon, Harris Whittles, Andy Kinler. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You good? That was amazing. You guys are amazing. Hang out, though, because we're going to... All right, Neil. It's very good to see you. Very professional. Um, today we got, we got the, you know the big closers, but I just got a note from Eddie... Uh, this is not a joke, correct, Eddie? Okay. Car blocking in a pregnant woman about to be towed. Toyota Camry 5 RP. I mean, uh, what does this mean? But someone's blocking in a pregnant woman. Who, uh, it's, it's, this, like, this piece of paper is baffling. Like, I don't even know what this looks like. Does this make sense to anybody? Whoever's got that Camry, go get it, because there's a pregnant woman involved, and that, that's all that's here. That's all the information I have. This is the most cryptic thing. What is, car blocking in a pregnant woman? Did Did you just picture her just standing there, like troubled? That she, I can't make it around this Toyota. That's how pregnant I am. But this is a real thing. So if any of that made sense to, to you, uh, please take care of that. Please welcome to the stage uh, in a in a unique twist. Uh, you know we're 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 coming in on the end here. You know how this works. Uh, Jim Earl, who I have a tremendous deal uh, amount of respect for as a writer and as a performer, occasionally likes to do long-form improv uh, using maybe a couple of uh, just household objects, I believe. So please welcome Jim Earl uh, to the stage. How are you? You need grab one of those mics
3: down there. I don't, do you need room? Or? This, is, uh, this, is, this is fine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark, for having me here on this uh, great occasion. Twelve years of... uh, Twelve years.
0: Sobriety. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: Of uh, being a buzzkill. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, everyone, for having me here uh, for the next 20 minutes. Is that... Really? I will be performing long-form improv, uh, utilizing two everyday ordinary household objects. One... A bottle of water, yeah. and B, this chair. But I need some help from you. <laughs> I need a location. Elko Nevada. Poughkeepsie. Here we go. Yeah. Using the three items, Elko Nevada and Poughkeepsie, bottled water, and a chair. I will perform long form improv for you tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, boy! It sure is hot here in pickip What's this? What's <laughs> a chair and a bottle of water? <sighs> <sighs> uh. I can't do this. What happened? I uh, look, man. I don't know. It's the S and P thing or whatever. It's just not relevant. I can't do this shit. Um, hey, it? hey, Mark. You know, I, I, why don't we just play that clip of you on Hell's uh, Kitchen, huh? You have a clip? Oh, sure. Yeah, Jim. yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, let's do it.
3: With his menu finalized, Mark heads back to the kitchen and picks his team. My first selection is Jillian. I picked Jillian because she reminds me of
0: my twin sister. I pushed her down a well when I was five. No one ever found her, I made sure of that. I also like the way she cooks risotto.
3: Mark's menu consists of seared butternut squash with bed bugs, caramelized self-regret and pickled hatred.
0: I found that when you marinate regret for more than 10 years, it becomes a powerful weapon against the innocent.
3: As the restaurant fills with people, Mark rallies his customers. Sit your fat asses down, because tonight you're going to feast upon my rage. During the signature lunch challenge, Mark's steak salad was a clear favorite, while Rocco's grilled octopus got washed up onto the shore of failure.
0: It's nice to see Mr. Fancy Pants come in dead last. I don't care if his son is retarded.
3: Mark's classic menu pays off, but the orders are stacking up.
0: I'm an open wound. My ever-changing facial hair keeps me from
3: getting a sitcom. (laughs) Who used all the bacon bits? The pressure mounts, and two years later, Mark has a flashback at his dad's funeral. Crusty spaghetti, where's the fucking garnish? Meanwhile, back in Hell's Kitchen in the present,
0: you cows! Two years from now, I'm gonna ruin my dad's funeral and yell, Crusty
3: spaghetti, where's the fucking garnish? Two years later, again at his dad's funeral,
0: I can't believe I'm stuck in this annoying joke loop. Where, where's the fucking
3: garnish? Although Mark is clearly snapping, it doesn't affect his keen palate. When I taste, I'm trying to feel the texture. That's how I know it's pancetta.
0: Plus, I'm floating outside my body, peering into the mouth of Satan.
3: But it was Trent's mangling of the meat. Who mangled my meat? That really pushed Mark over the edge. Who mangled my meat?
0: Did you mangle my meat? Who here does not get the implications of this double entendre?
3: Now Mark has to nominate two of his team for elimination. I nominate myself and the other Mark that tells me to do bad things. In the end, Mark lost the challenge, but that didn't keep him from realizing his dream of becoming West Coast distributor for powdered rhinoceros penis. I hate papaya. That's it. Thank you. Uh,
0: Just just put that on the table. Thank the wonderful Jim Earl. Eddie, do we have anything prepared? Or do, do you want to just come out? Do you want to talk about the car blocking? Hi, Eddie. Eddie Pepitone. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I didn't get to talk to you because you weren't here when I started the show, and I don't know where that leaves us. Well, Oh, we were supposed to talk before the show? No, I don't give a I shit. Got, the,
7: let me tell uh, this uh, audience. All right, all right. <laughs> So I fucking leave, I, I live in North Hollywood, and that's not to come at you that I live in the NoHo Arts District. It's beautiful. They paint the streets there. The crosswalks are painted different colors, and then they call it the NoHo Arts District, and that's the area I live in. So it's gorgeous. Anyway, I fucking get on. I get on the one o one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. You know, here's, the, here's one of the things That suck about living in L.A. You know, if you're over the hill And the 101, there was a huge accident So oh. what I did, I fucking, I'm brilliant Oh, is that a phone? Oh. Great, great Wait for Eddie before the fucking That didn't happen the whole show, correct? No, they waited for you Yeah, yeah Call me when peppertone's on He's, he's close to the edge And I am close to the edge, so it's so, no, I am. It's I like know I'm, you are. I mean, I'm so full of humanity and life and love, but it goes right to rage when things like the traffic, right? So I get stuck in right. the fucking traffic. Sure. And believe me, this is terrible, because then I have time to think. Yeah, That's the worst part. No, yeah. About being like, you're going nowhere, mm. and my first instinct is like, I'm going to go to this lane. I'm going to go to this lane. Yeah. So you go to this lane and you go nowhere. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to be one of those assholes because you see the yeah. asshole jockeying
0: for the right lane.
7: Jockeying for the right lane. Such a great metaphor for life.
0: I think that <laughs> should be your new CD title. Jockeying for the no, right... No, I don't think so. All right.
7: So... But anyway, Mark, when I'm in this fucking car, Um, now I have time to think about the Planet of the Apes movie. What a piece of shit. And I'm one of these idiots who looks on Rotten Tomatoes and goes, 83%! Rotten Tomatoes said 83%, but who the fuck knows what determines these Rotten Tomato asses? Yeah, yeah. Because James Franco, by the way... I don't really know what James Franco did until the Oscars, and yeah. he should have been shot, him and Hathaway yeah. should have been shot and killed for that whole debacle. The Oscars should have been hosted by a wounded animal, <laughs> besides those two. Yeah. I am still trying to get over that. They didn't want Ricky Gervais because, oh, he took some shots at celebrity. Mm-hmm. So they put these two fucking milk toast creatures... <laughs> And so, no, and I'm building up but to the But what were your expectations out of the fucking Oscars to begin with? That they were good. That, that you have a fucking host who's elegant and who's fucking funny. I want funny. I want, I want a host of the Oscars who's but like, if, welcome, everybody. And now here's some dark Hollywood humor.
0: And but it seems like it's everything that, you, that represents everything you hate the Oscars. Why? Listen to you. You're about to shit on everything.
7: Yeah, anyway, no, I don't see. I can't see into my contradictions. How the fuck am I going to see? If I were able to see into my contradictions, I'd be skipping in a park somewhere, fucking giving children silver dollars without trying to molest them. You know what I mean? I'm not that type of guy. I'm full of contradictions I am full. I'm half
0: Italian, half Jew. No, I know.
7: My mother's Jewish. My father's Sicilian. We got into that a little bit last time. Terrific stuff. Please Go back to traffic. Huh? So
0: we're in traffic. Planet of the. So Apes. and
7: then I'm, So I have to think about. I saw Planet of the Apes at ArcLight Hollywood, and I just drive into that structure in the ArcLight, and I'm like, I fucking hate it already. Like I hate, I hate the underground parking structures sure. here. Like because once you're in them, you're fucked. It's like once you're in in them, you know, if somebody this hoverers, hoverers, people who like, oh, oh, this guy's pulling out. Yeah. And I'm I'm the one behind going, No, he's not. No, he's not. I
0: chant that in yeah. my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway So this I, is what you're thinking about when you're stuck in traffic. When I'm stuck in traffic, you're thinking about I being know, stuck I'm in thinking about lot. seeing the rise of the planet of the apes. It was so bad. As
7: soon as James... Fr- and yeah. you know right away, right? Like, yeah. you know how bad a movie is right... As a matter of fact, I knew during the trailers this was going to be a pathetic evening. <laughs> you mean on another night? The other movies. Oh, like okay. The, oh, every movie in Hollywood is, we look pretty and we're very tense. Like, that's all they do. That's all it is. It's like, we're look, we look very good. We're thin and there's a lot of emotion going on. What is it? Here, here's a typical scene okay. in Hollywood. What is it, Al? What? There's a contagion? Well, fix your hair. <laughs> fix your hair before the contagion hits. Everybody is so fucking pretty and there's no fucking substance. All these... F- I should write one and when make was it? $20 million. Wait, wait, why because all you... of them are cookie cutty sh- cutter what shit. Those, uh, pitch me a movie, goddammit. Pitch you a movie? Yeah. A guy gets stuck in traffic and he fucking, he fucking morphs into this gigantic transformer Fuck. He morphed. Stay with me. I'm See, here. You're
0: just like the executives. Like, oh, I don't know, Eddie. No, no, I that go- sounds too crazy. Oh, what I thought, what I thought was, we like Transformers. They make money. Go ahead. <laughs> that's so this right. angry guy. Uh, yeah, that's what the execs would say. Transformers make money. out.
7: let yeah. him go. Yes.
0: Yeah, so what happens? He morphs into a transformer.
7: He morphs into a transformer, and he just starts crushing all the fucking cars on the 101 until he gets to the Paramount. Lot. Yeah. And then he sees Clive Owen and he kills him. And that's all I got. But that would be my pitch. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's good. Clive Owen would play himself, I ran into Clive Owen. It was the funniest thing. I was doing a uh, two-line audition, my usual audition, like two lines for a show called Happy Endings. Who who the fuck knows? And so I knew I wasn't going to get it, but I, I walked through the lot and there's Clive Owen on his cell phone and I just wanted to scream out because he's very small. Yeah. I just wanted to scream out, you're Tiny! i don 't know why that was my instinct, like to attack him. What did you say instead? Nothing <laughs> Hey, I know this town. I played it very cool he He was on his cell, and I gave him one of these. <laughs> I know who you are yeah i 'm like, someone myself, yeah. <laughs> Do you think he received that? Do you think he felt that? I I would hope he received that. And, you know, I am such a fucking Mm egomaniacal lunatic Mm -hmm. that I turned around to see if he was looking at me like like if he maybe had a moment like, who was that
0: fucking guy? He probably did, but it wasn't that tone. What? He probably did have that moment, but it was more like, who was that fucking guy? (laughs) He's so small,
7: though. When you see how small Clive Owen is, you just want to go, fuck you. Fuck you, Owen. You're too small. But they make them look big with these fucking Apple boxes. Who the fuck knows? Hey, give Clive another Apple box. (laughs) And, you know, and then he overthrows the government in whatever movie. (laughs) Now I (laughs) want to go to the movies with you. (laughs) What? No, I I don't want to be a movie date. Look, and then... I don't, you know, oh, we're going to a movie. Like, if we
0: went to the movies, would you, put, would you be like, would we have a seat between us or would you sit right next to me? I would say right next to each See, other. See, so what's wrong with
3: that? Nothing at all. Then
0: why you got to shit on it before it even happens? Mm, I don't know. I
7: thought, <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me. Oh. Anyway, no, because I would like to, you know, before we go to a movie, maybe we have coffee. Anyway, I don't... <laughs> You want to go right to a movie. That's, no, wait, that's we, a big...
0: We, we can have coffee. We'll have coffee. Yeah, let's you, go coffee But will, first. You, will, you, will you yell at something at the coffee shop? Like,
7: I don't yell at things in the coffee shop except when people are on their cells and they start talking. Today I made a rare appearance at the gym and um, I was on a treadmill. I was on a treadmill and some fucking guy some fucking guy just sits on this exer- I love the people who sit on the bikes yeah. and they have an iPod on and a book yeah. and they're watching the television yeah. they don't, in other words they don't want to think about exercising yeah. sure. ever. Yeah. like oh, I'm not really here that's what they're saying <laughs> I, I'm, that I'm not really where yeah. it's me yeah. I'm on a treadmill <laughs> and I'm power walking going Franco has no humanity <laughs> <laughs> that is how I power walk yeah you know, I'm just like, Franco yeah. has no humanity. He's just this pretty boy fuck who looks at the camera with all the other pretty boy fucks in this pretty boy fucking town, and I gotta fucking claw my way for a two-line audition for Happy Endings. Anyway. So that's how you
0: work out? That's how I work out. <laughs>
2: Eddie, Eddie Pepitone, right, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Lovely. Eddie Pepitone, Jim Earl, Molly Shannon, Harris Whittles, Neil Hamburger andy kindler kick on the music thank you for coming for live wtf and uh i'll sign things out there and i'll say hello and you're a great audience and i i really appreciate you thank you